Morning prayer begins on page three. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Vanity, Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 127 on page 505. Except the Lord build the house, their labor is but lost that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is but lost labor that ye haste to rise up early, and so late take rest, and eat the bread of carefulness, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children, and the fruit of the womb, are an heritage and gift that cometh of the Lord. Like as the harrows in the hand of the giant, even so are the young children. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Psalm 130 Out to the deep have I called unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. O let thine ears consider well the voice of my complaint. If thou, Lord, wilt be extreme to mark what is done amiss, O Lord, who may abide it? For there is mercy with thee. Therefore shalt thou be feared. I look for the Lord, my soul doth wait for him. In his word is my trust. My soul fleeth unto the Lord before the morning watch. I say before the morning watch. O Israel, trust in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his sins. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
Here begins the seventh chapter of the second book of Kings. Then Elijah said, Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time a seah of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and, went and hid it. Then they said to one another, We are not doing what is right. This day is a, good, is a day of good news, and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, We went to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly no one was there, not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied and the tents intact. And the gatekeepers called out, and they told it to the king's household inside. Then the king arose in the night and said to his servants, Let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the, in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into, their, into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Please let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. Look, they may enter, they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed, I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. Therefore they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army, saying, Go and see. And they went after them to the Jordan, and indeed all the road was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a seah of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. 
But the people trampled him in the gate, and he died, just as the man of God had said, who spoke when the king came down to him. So it happened, just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two seahs of barley for a shekel, and a seah of fine flour for a shekel, shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. Then that officer had answered the man of God and said, Now look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he, said, and he had said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus asks on page 11, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth chapter of the first epistle to Timothy. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, the younger men as brothers, the older women as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. Honor widows who are really widows. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. Now she who is really a widow and left alone, trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. And these things command that they may be blameless. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Do not let a widow under sixty years old be taken into the number, and not unless she has been the wife of one man, well reported for good works, if she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. But refuse the younger widows, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, they desire to marry, having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Therefore I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some have already turned aside after Satan. If any believing man or woman has widows, let them relieve them, and do not let the church be burdened, that it may relieve those who are really widows. Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, 
and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty and most merciful God, of thy bountiful goodness keep us, we beseech thee, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready both in body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things which thou commandest through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, Defend us, thy humble servants, and all the assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all.
Our, our uh, lesson from Kings kind of highlights a, a, a point that's a larger point of these historical prophetic books, which is that, that God is in control. We have these kings in Samaria who've rebelled against God and who continue with the idolatry with the shrines at Dan and Bethel. And we have Elijah and Elisha who bring the word of God to them, which they mostly uh, don't pay attention to. And here in this lesson, Elisha makes a proclamation. You know, tomorrow these things will be sold for this much money. There's going to be abundance. And, um, you know, the, the, the emissary of the king, how, how can that possibly happen? You know, and he, he, he gets, you know, told that he'll see it but not enjoy it. And it's just an indication of the reality that God is always in control. And life rightly ordered is rightly ordered in relationship to God who is in control, where we live in harmony with him and trust in his gracious provision for us. Whereas the leaders of Israel who have rebelled against God by not by by the idol worship are trying to um, arrange things their own way, uh, be clever enough to defeat the enemy and you know, afraid if they get rid of the idols, they might lose allegiance and people go down to Jerusalem. They're not trusting God. They're making their own uh, provision for life. And that's what we all do when we when we fall into various idolatries. We're trying to control life and as though we were in control of life. Um, whereas living by faith and ordering life rightly first with a priority of, of the love and worship of God and out of that comes you know, the love and service to others uh, and trusting that as we do the things God calls us to do, he'll provide for us because he is in control. We aren't in control. And it's that idea that we're in control and that we're actually wiring this by our cleverness that that gets us off track. And and so here this lesson tells us God is in control. He says it's going to happen, it happens. And, and he's able to provide for each of us even when it seems like things are not are not uh, uh, possible. We go over a New Testament lesson with Timothy and this discussion about the widows. First of all, the main concern that of this chapter is ordering life according to the, the, the ideals of the kingdom, which are different than the ideals of the world. Um, and a little bit about this widows group. Um, the early church in the ancient world, when a woman was a widow, um, she had lost her means of support. It's it's a little bit different in our age with the advent of retirement plans and 401ks. Sometimes the widows are better provided for naturally than than other people. But in the in the first century, uh, when when the husband the means of support died, the widow was would, would be left alone. And the church early on developed the widows group. That is, it would commit to taking care of the widows making sure they had food and clothing and but they'd make a vow at that certain age that they would now that they would devote themselves to prayer and the service of the church and not get married because the church is investing in them and therefore not not um so that the church's resources we focused on those who really were in need and this is the point where he says i i want the young women to get the younger widows to get remarried it's not that there was something um there's nothing wrong with with getting married. It's that when the, when a woman enter, entered the widow's group, she vowed not to get married, to devote herself to the service of the church, 
to Christ. It's kind of an early monastic kind of thing. And the church vowed in, you know, uh, committed in response to provide for her. So if she made that vow and entered in this arrangement, reciprocal arrangement, and decided, oh, I want to get married, that was a breaking of the vow she had made. So Paul's saying, don't have someone who's of that younger age and wants to get remarried into the list who will take care of her. Let her get remarried and be, be taken care of uh, in her family. Um, you know, it's, it's some of that's an ancient arrangement that's a little bit different than now where women can be independent, but that's what the, the gist of it is that. And there's also this balance that St. Paul brings out between the church's responsibility to care for the truly needy, the widows indeed, but he says if any family has a widow and they can take care of it, the family should take care of it. And this balances a New Testament ideal between caring for the those in need and personal responsibility. The church should never be seen as a welfare state that just giving things out. It, it should be each of us should desire to to um, you know pay our own way to work and provide for ourselves. We have extra to give. And then people really are in a dire strait, then those people are helped, uh, you know, in, in way, and they're the reciprocal thing with the widows were they prayed, they did things, they, they weren't just, it wasn't just on sort of a, a welfare, it was a reciprocal thing where the, the widows gave significantly uh, to the church in terms of prayer and good works. And, and that's kind of the balance of, of caring for someone and also personal responsibility. It just shows the way that the church is concerned to order life around the ideals of the kingdom versus the ideals of personal expedience and control in the world that we saw in the kings in Israel in the Old Testament lesson. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. Um, today's our day of prayer fasting for mission. We'll continue with the prayer for missions on page 38 of the prayer book. Let us pray. O God, who has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the whole earth, and did send thy blessed Son to preach peace to them that are far off and to them that are nigh, grant that all men everywhere may seek after thee and find thee. Bring the nations into thy fold, pour out thy Spirit upon all flesh, and hasten thy kingdom, the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Continuing with the general thanksgiving on page 19. Together, Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, then unworthy servants, to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. We'll take a moment to pause for people to remember their personal intercessions, and then we'll close with the prayer of St. Chrysostom and the Grace on page 20. <clears throat> 
Almighty God has given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications unto thee, and dost promise that when two or three are gathered together in thy name, that will grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, the desires and petitions of thy servants, as may be most expedient for them, granting us in this world knowledge of thy truth, and in the world to come life everlasting. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. It's good to be with you for prayer this morning. Have a great day. Peace to all. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Bishop. Bye, kiddos. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody.